Now, Jesus goes on, if I drive out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons drive them out? So, yikes. Because um, I, I, there are some who contend that they were rabbis, you know, the sons of the Pharisees, who are children of Israel, who were driving out demons at the same time that Jesus was. There were certainly plenty of them around to be found. The New Testament is filled with demonic possession because Christ was around. Um, but just because Jesus says, who do your sons drive them out, you know, by whom, doesn't mean that they were succeeding in doing it. So were they trying to drive them out and failing, or what were they doing? Um, so this isn't necessarily a proof that they were succeeded in, succeeding in driving them out. We even see some of the apostles, don't we, who can't drive out a demon. Remember where that happened? Geographically where? It's the foot of the Mount of Transfiguration. That's what's so stunning about that. And that's why I said where. So that when you're reading your Bible, you can think, oh, it's, that's where it happens. It's right after Transfiguration. That whichever gospel you're in, you can find it that way. That's where they couldn't do it. And, uh, and Jesus does it and then said, this kind can only be driven out by prayer. But then he says, if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. That's a completely logical syllogism. I'm not going to explain that myself. But go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. And it was on the devil. And, and all of a sudden he stopped and he said, okay, stopped. He was being so provoked by the devil. Yeah. I've been made aware of, of um, I think the number is three um, demon possessions in New Ulm um, since I've been here. Just in my 21 uh, years here. Um, and uh, uh, there are times when you think, you know, how, just how big is the target that's on my back? And when, when my friend, uh, 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 Scotty Muskie and I were in school together at Northwestern College, he was a year behind me, um, and uh, when he got uh, ordained, it was just across the mountains from where I was a missionary. So I went over to OMAC from... Maple Valley, Washington, and I, I got to preach for his ordination and preached on Psalm 3. And, um, and then uh, after I came to New Ulm, he followed me over to Minnesota and got installed up in Fairfax. And I started calling him my puppy because everywhere I would go, he would show up the year later or whatever. And, uh, and then I preached on Psalm 4, which he roared with laughter over because he was afraid that 
I'm going to make it all the way through the Psalms <laughs> by, by the time we're done with our ministry. You know. uh, but just, just those two. And, uh, but I told him then that he had a target painted on his back. And it was about this very issue. Um, but then again, where else would the devil be focused on a Sunday afternoon in uh, whatever, it was, I don't remember if it was February or some unusual time like that. And I said, where else, is the, where else does the devil need to be? All the unbelievers in the world are doing their usual Sunday afternoon stuff and who cares? The, 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 the Christians are home from church and living their Christian lives. Where is the devil going to focus his attention? It's on a true minister of the gospel which means that he's right here with us now in this sanctuary focused on your back, Pastor Muskie. Um, and uh, uh, um, he, he told me that when he was, he's now taking another call over to Michigan and I had a call over there and didn't take it. So I don't know if we, met, if we messed up our cycle or what it was, but... I stayed with you guys, but he commented to me later that that that, that preacher was nicer to him than I was. <laughs> but but a warning is a warning, you know. Go ahead, Beth, you have something to say. When people when I have I've had friends just lately yeah. call me in tears mm -hmm. and they're distressed, even some of them twenty three years ago. And I listen, I say, Oh, I didn't know we were under siege. Yeah. Right. Two of us, let's pray. Yeah. And I like to believe, I get people complaining when I talk, wherever high school is the worst. It's, you know, this is happening, and I go, well, the word is there. Mm -hmm. So Satan is going to be yeah. there. Like, get over it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I was going to break this down into the mathematical equation. Uh, because Jesus does it with noun, verb, and combination. And so, um, you know, if, if France wars on France, who falls? France falls. That's the kingdom. Or if it's verbs, if someone drives out, the one driving out, the one driving out wipes out the one doing the driving out, and so forth. And then there's what Jesus ends up with, which is, but I come doing CD against AB. That's why I'm successful. And I don't know if that's valuable or not, but there it is, and I'm going to move on. How can someone enter a strong man's house and take his goods unless he first ties up the strong man? Only then can he plunder his house. Who's the strong man? Jesus has just been accused of attacking the devil. Jesus is the strong man. I'm the thief here. Not somebody else is the thief. Jesus raised, I'm the thief. In, the, in your game here. And what do I do? I have to tie up the strong man. Then I can plunder his goods. What goods does the devil have that Jesus wants to plunder? Souls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then he can, then he can plunder the house. But I, I can't walk in and say hi and rip him off. I have to tie him up first. And that's what our Savior does. He ties up the devil and then brings us home. 
because the devil is a cattle rustler, a sheep rustler. He steals sheep. When's the last time you heard of sheep stealing or cattle rustling about animals? Are our, are our memories that short? 2012, Iowa, cattle rustling ring was, was ransacking Kansas and Iowa and they were coming up toward Minnesota. I thought for a second it was going to be the, 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 the younger brothers again down in Medelia and the big shootout at the bank. But uh, there's a, for those of you online who don't know what I'm talking about, you Google it and you'll find out. But we live close by. 30. Oh, no, yeah, 30. 30 and 31. Whoever is not a, uh, with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Does this scare you a little bit? You know who it really terrified? George Lucas. Who's George Lucas? He created and invented Star Wars. The main character, Luke, is named after Luke, George Lucas, and so forth back in, in the 70s. In, in, in the last, one of the, I think it was the last Star Wars movie that George Lucas had to had a hand in before he sold it, this line occurs. And the, in, the, in, the, in Star Wars, the Sith are the bad guys. And what he says is, one guy shouts at another guy, only the Sith deal in absolutes, which is against this passage and others like it. But that's in, in, just in Star Wars, that's shown to be absolutely untrue, even with regard to the Jedi, the supposed good guys. Um, it's, just, it's just a mind-numbingly untrue statement. Um, there, there must be absolutes, and there are, and certainly in theology. But whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever not, does not gather with me scatters. But does Jesus have comfort for us? The very next verse. Don't separate this from the very next verse. Because after saying, whoever doesn't gather with me scatters, Jesus says, therefore I tell you, people will be forgiven every sin and blasphemy. If you think you've messed up, is there forgiveness? Yes, yes there is. So don't remove the law verse from the gospel verse. That's tragic. And when, when you start putting up Bible verses on the fridge, which is a good thing, but mentally, if you start separating them from their context, there's a danger there. But then he says, but the blasphemy of, against the spirit will not be forgiven. Um, let's talk about that just briefly and then I'll go to the Griner illustration. So blasphemy against the sin against the Holy Spirit is rejecting the gospel. It's finally unbelief. And according to Mark 16, 16, only unbelief damns. What's Mark 16, 16? Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be damned. Whoever does not believe will be damned is only unbelief damns. How much faith saves? Remember last week? Smoldering wick, bruised reed. How much faith saves? Any amount of faith saves. Jesus makes it terribly easy. And, the, and God is gracious and God is 
compassionate. And that's why we run to that verse when there are funerals where there is a question and where we're not sure and so forth. And, um, and, and then Jesus elaborates. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the one to come. Why? Because the whole work of the Holy Spirit is to create and sustain faith through the gospel. You reject that work. You're saying, I don't want forgiveness. If you take your sins off of Christ's shoulders, there's only one place to put them. That's on your own shoulders. And that's what you've done. Who is, I don't even know her first name, Griner, Ms. Griner. What, what is she? She's an athlete. And uh, what happened is, I'm going to give you some context uh, in, in regard to our passage. Some of this maybe you already know. But I'm just going to say this. So she's a U.S. athlete who has gone on record in the past, before her conviction, blasting American crime policies and America in general. It's as if she despises the American government and culture. Okay. Sure. Um, now she's in jail in Russia for drug possession of something that, oh, was legal in America, but not legal in the country she traveled to, which should be on your checklist. Can I take an Uzi into Canada? You know, things like that. Do you allow them, oh, Canada? You know, and things like that. No. And so she faces how many years in jail for this? No, no years in jail. She faces nine years in prison. Let's remember the difference. Jail and prison aren't the same. Jail is Andy Griffith. Okay? That's not what she faces. She's not going to have Opie bringing her a sandwich every day. This is prison we're talking about. Sorry, that was an unfair question, but I wanted to understand the difference. U.S. policy is to do what? Policy. Negotiate for return. The U.S. policy is not to tell an American citizen, stay there and rot because we don't like you. That's not our policy. Now, what's the result? If she would be released, if something does happen through negotiation, might she possibly see the advantages of living here as opposed to somewhere else? Or is she just a snowflake who melts when things don't go her way? U.S. policy doesn't take that into consideration. God's policy is, I'm going to give you every chance. So, the world may not like me at all, but God loves me. And if there's somebody in the world that I'm annoyed by, and I think, well, maybe you got what's coming to you, I should look in the mirror and think, what if I got what's coming to me? And God is gracious. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to agree with my government's policy, but it should say that I need to fall on my knees and repent of my sins and remember my place in the world. Do you mind if we go on? I got about 20 verses I'd like to get through in about 10 minutes. We'll, well, we'll see. Right, good luck. Either 
and, 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 and the either here is um, these, these sins here. So either make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Indeed, a tree is known by its fruit. You offspring of vipers, you snakes. How can you say anything good since you're evil? For what the mouth speaks flows from the heart. A bad tree gives bad fruit. Um, Fruits of faith are not the same as fruits of repentance, are they? What is a fruit of repentance? Say it again. To, to change your behavior in some way and hopefully to show a change of mind by your behavior. Fruits of repentance will always look different from person to person. Those, those different fruits of repentance. Go ahead. I want to I want to modify I'm I'm sorry I'm sorry. I want to modify the way you said that. Because fruits of repentance because they flow out of forgiveness are guided by the law but not motivated by the law but guided by the and there's the law as a guide. You know what is the will of God therefore what I what should I do to walk in lockstep with you O Lord? Um, lockstep is that phrase from Galatians also. But, but to do what is your will. And therefore, that's what I want to do. But it comes out of the gospel. Yeah, but guided by the law. Um, fruits of faith are the things we ordinarily do as Christians simply out of faith and out of thanks for all of God's blessings. So that's why they're different, is because fruits of repentance follow a specific sin. Fruits of faith are just coming out of our life of faith. And they may be, um, they, they, they may look very different. But a, and, and here, the bad fruit is most likely the bad fruit of faith, not of repentance. We're talking about, is what you're doing not coming from faith? That's a bad fruit. It may look delicious to the world, that fruit. But to God, it might be nothing more than a rotten apple. Well, especially in others. Right. You can judge a good work in yourself. Where did this come from? I can be deceived, but I'm not always going to be deceived. Yeah. And finally, when you're a parent or a minister, you're going to be asked to judge some of those things and to, to make a judgment call. Can I make a mistake? I can make a mistake. Yeah. Or a teacher or what have you. 35. The good man brings good out of his good treasure, and the evil man brings evil out of his evil treasure. This is following 34 about what comes out of the mouth and what comes out of the heart. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give account of every 
careless word they have spoken. In fact, by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Um, I ask a question here that needs to be asked here more than anything, anything else in this chapter. Is the word justified here used in a broad sense or a narrow sense? And the narrow sense would be, how do you get to heaven? Am I saved by how I talk? No, I don't get to heaven by the way I talk. Therefore, this must be the broad sense of justified, which would be, in general, how you are judged and saved. But here you've got a much more broad definition of justified than you would normally. Go ahead. If it's not broad, we're all in trouble. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to stand there. I have a bad habit of, I'm, they're, they're, uh, because of something to do with uh, Eric not being 21 yet, I am legally supposed to save all of my receipts because of Social Security payments, okay? I've never been asked for them, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with them, and so they live in a box a box that has changed twice in the last two years because it keeps getting bigger. And I'm not always as good at saving them as I should be. And so, I'm telling you, uh, I was taking one of my recyclable bags to the grocery store the other day, and I came home with just three things and a gallon of milk. You know, it was hardly anything. I set them down, and one of my sons, because my son see me putting the receipts in the box, said, can I take care of the receipt, Dad? And I did. And I pulled out the receipt from the bag, and it was like three feet long. <laughs> and I was, he was expecting something this big, and it was this big. And he said, what did you get? You know, and, do we have to go out in the car and bring And No, it was just the wrong receipt, because I hadn't taken it in, you know, a week before. But that's, that, just what, that reminded me of. You expect maybe it'll be this? But all of a sudden, it's this. Like that episode when Colonel Clink wanted to read his acceptance speech, speech for his reward, for his award, and it's like 22 pages all stapled together. It's just in this enormous thing. And poor Newkirk is pretending to be Hogan and has to listen to the whole thing, pretending to have a toothache. So he can't even get out of character. He, uh, he just groans. But. You are just not as big a Hogan's Heroes fans as I am, are you? Not one of you. Okay, well, okay, well, thank you, because I listen to 12 of them every night, so it's a ro it's a ro it's, it rotates. All right, 30, should we get to Jonah? Some of the teachers in the law and Pharisees replied, teacher, we want to see a sign from you. This is in the context, by the way. Later in the chapter, we see this is the same context as having seen Jesus heal a demon possessed man. And they have the gall to say, Show us a sign. And what does Jesus say? An evil and adulterous generation wishes for the sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. 
classic woodcut of Jonah being swallowed by, what kind of fish is that? A trout. <laughs> in the woodcuts, in the German woodcuts, it's almost always a trout. I love it, a trout. My brother, I haven't thought about this in 50 years. We even, we even made fun of this as kids with uh, funny voices. I'm not going to do it now. But, so. um, for just a, and there are two signs of Jonah. Which sign is Jesus talking about? For just as Jonah was in the belly of the huge fish three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's the one you're going to see. But which one should you have been thinking of? The other sign of Jonah. The chapter 4 sign of Jonah. Not the chapter 2 sign. The men of Nineveh, will, of Nineveh will stand up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. But one even greater than Jonah is here. So that's the sign of Jonah you should be paying attention to. Is the repentance of the city. But where did they even, the only place in the Bible I know of it, when do, where did they even put their sackcloth and ashes? On their animals. The king had everybody and every, if it's got feet, it gets sackcloth and ashes. That's what the king did. And what's the last word, the last sentence in the book of Jonah? Don't I care about animals too? Yeah. Not, Compare, if, if, you, if you can, the, the NIV translation of the end of Jonah is, uh, doesn't bring that out as well as the Hebrew does. Compare it with the EHV. Um, if you have to look for it online, go ahead. But, but compare them. I really like, whichever guy did the EHV translation of Jonah did a fine job. Which, incidentally, is the first book of the Bible any of us translate in Hebrew. That's my son Peter's going to do it this semester, you know, or next semester, but in, but in, in college. Because when you start Hebrew, Jonah, the thing about Jonah is the chapters are really short, 10 verses, 10 verses, 10 verses. So you have success by building up on, well, I've done, ten, I've done four chapters of Hebrew already. Well, Jonah's, one, all of Jonah is shorter, than, is shorter than some of the huge chapters of Deuteronomy you know, but nevertheless, it is a great sense of accomplishment. I've done a whole book of the Bible, Dad, is a great thing to be able to say. You know, um, one other sign, then we'll quit here. Um, I heard the, 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 the siren and my tummy's growling too. But the Queen of the South will be raised up in the judgment with this generation and will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. But one even greater than Solomon is here. Oh, I should preach on this verse sometime. There's so much here. Um, when will the Queen of the South enjoy the resurrection? The same day as everybody else. There aren't two judgment days. We had a problem. Remember about 20 years ago, or was it 30? There was that whole thing about left behind and who gets raised when and all. And this verse preaches against that. There's an apocryphal book called The Wisdom of Solomon, which is in a curiosity, if you read The Wisdom of Solomon, it, it, it's written as if it was written by an early Christian professor. So if you're a Christian, and you are, you will be delighted by the wisdom of Solomon if you read that part of the Apocrypha. If you have a Revised Standard version at home, 
It probably has the wisdom of Solomon. Worth a read. Much more valuable than almost anything you'll see on TV tonight. I'm just saying. Um, and then the one greater than Solomon. And she will condemn it because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. The queen of, the, the queen of Sheba came thinking she was going to give something to Solomon. But instead she got something from Solomon instead. She was especially wowed because Solomon had something she had never heard of before. Remember when we were talking about Chronicles, I, 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 I showed you a slide about this. He had a cool stairway that went from his apartment, from his, his mansion, up into the temple. His own private entrance into the, tab, into the temple. And it had never occurred to her. It had never occurred to most pagans that the king could have his own entrance like into the place of worship. Maybe they, should be, maybe they shouldn't be in different cities. But next, you know, next door, um, how amazing would that be to, to be able to, to, you know, just to slip right in there. In fact, make a grand entrance of some kind. Um, there is some other location that has that. I can't think of it. And we're past our time. Um, we will meet next week. Um, oh, you know what, though? Can we go to the end here? A couple of pictures. Do you mind? Think of everything scary. All the stuff that the movies want you to think is satanic. Why do gargoyles exist? Functioning, what do they do for a building? Do you know what they even are? No, they're, that's a really expensive perch. They're medieval downspouts. They, they focus the rainwater into a single spout that will not hit the sidewalk. Because they make a gargling sound, they are called gargles or gargoyles. That's what the word, it's, it's, a, it's a perversion of medieval Latin for gargler. Um, why are they scary? Who are they? With, with all this stuff that's a <laughs> little demon biting the guy's cheek. Um, it's a cool photograph. This is on Notre Dame. Does it look like the dragon is breathing fire there because of the clouds and so forth? And, but anything you see scary. Um, I've, I've seen goats walking on their hind legs. It's terrifying in the fog. Um, or just the really scary pictures and all that kind of stuff. Who are we trying to scare? Who is it? Is it just to scare children? No. Who are we trying to scare? The devil. All of that stuff that the movies think is the devil's tool to what? Frighten humans? No. They've got it backwards because Hollywood gets everything backwards. All of that stuff is there to scare the devil. Because where does the devil not want to be? In hell. So this stuff reminds him of what's in hell, of what kind of punishment is coming. Um, and so uh, when, when kids, and I don't know what the percentage is. 99% of kids dabble in this at least for 10 minutes in their lifetime. When they remind them, all that stuff is really just there to, to scare the devil. It's, and, 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 and medieval Christians knew this much theology. You, you scare the devil away. 
How do you do it? With the name of Jesus Christ. That's why they would cross themselves. It's a wonderful thing to do. Put the cross on your own body. What a great thing to do. Go ahead and do it. Say the name of Jesus. If somebody sneezes, say God bless you. Why? The passage is coming up. We'll get to it next week. Because the demon, the spirit has left the body. And so you want a good spirit to enter in. You bless them. The Holy Spirit enters in and it's not seven more demons who come to hang out and have pizza and smoke cigarettes. But I'm so, I'm, we're, now, we're now eight minutes past our time. God bless all of you. Thanks for letting me do this. See you next time. You've been listening to Invisible Church, the Bible study podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church, New Wall, Minnesota.